Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan, and this is the final episode of the podcast for 2019. The last 52 episodes would not have been possible without my sponsors, Goliath Technologies, Policy Pack Software, and Liquidware. If you enjoy the podcast each week, you have them to thank. Now let's get into some news. Last week, I covered a story about a vulnerability in the popular Citrix Netscaler products, or ADC for those that go by that newer term. And at the time, I pointed out to everyone the recommended mitigations provided by Citrix. According to ThreatPost.com, Mikhail Klitschnikov, a researcher at Positive Technologies, has reported about the vulnerability, suggesting This attack does not require access to any accounts and therefore can be performed by any external attacker. The vulnerability also allows any unauthorized attacker to not only access published applications, but also attack other resources of the company's internal network from the Citrix servers. This is more information than was at hand last week when Citrix first publicized the vulnerability. And this is obviously a very troubling vulnerability. As suggested, no account is required and they can get into your corporation's internal network. So it's as bad as it gets pretty much. And as ThreatPost suggests, it's a very widely used product with over 80,000 corporate networks using the Netscaler ADCs. I saw on Twitter that some organizations who only became aware of the issue on Christmas Eve as Citrix didn't really push notifications via email or other channels actually opted to disable their gateways over the holidays which is obviously a very secure workaround but also meant no external access for workers during that time. I'd bet most organizations are still under a change freeze right now until in the new year, so this comes at a very terrible time. The mitigation is also more of a workaround. It'll be interesting to see what the final fix will be and when it will arrive. If you use Netscaler ADC, Netscaler ADC is it's just being called now. This is one that you'll want to get the mitigation in place as soon as possible. It's done via commands to the responder to basically uh, add a rule. I was going to cover this next one on last week's episode, but figures it's more suitable to hold off on until this week for the last episode of 2019. Microsoft shared some details of the most clever and elaborate phishing techniques they witnessed in 2019. This included the use of legitimate URLs and hyperlinks that do go to actual websites but then these sites have been compromised. Also, hyperlinks that go to Google search results where a traffic generator ensured that the redirected page was the top result for certain keywords. That particular campaign was made even stealthier by its use of location-specific search results. So when accessed by users in Europe, for example, the phishing URL led to the redirector website c77684gg.begget.tech and eventually to the phishing page. And outside of Europe, the same URL returned no search results. So you can see how 
they're keying in on each region. So it's very sophisticated. Other fishing campaigns include attackers compromising custom 404 error pages. So when you get that 404 or 404 error, it redirects to a page set up by a bad actor. One particular phishing campaign in 2019 took impersonation to the next level. Instead of attackers copying elements from the spoofed legitimate website, a man-in-the-middle component captured company-specific information like logos, banners, text, and background images from Microsoft's rendering site. Fishers sent out emails with URLs pointing to an attacker-controlled server, which served as the man-in-the-middle component and simulated Microsoft's own sign-in pages. The server identified certain specific information based on the recipient's email address, including the target company, and then gathered the information specific to that company. The result was the exact same experience as the legitimate sign-in page, which would obviously significantly reduce suspicion. Interestingly, while ransomware attacks have been pretty rampant this year, there's actually been a decrease year-on-year of ransomware attacks uh, comparing 2019 to 2018, whereas there's been a rise in the phishing attacks. ThreatPost.com has also reported this week of an out-of-band patch for SharePoint. With an exploit detailed in CVE-2019-1491, an attacker could obtain sensitive information through arbitrary files on a SharePoint server that could be used to mount further attacks. So if you're a SharePoint admin, that's one you might want to get deployed to your SharePoint servers. Cumulative Update 4 has been released for Exchange Server 2019. It includes some security fixes and also some non-security fixes too. Some of the fixes include fixing an issue where you can't open .ics, like calendar files, in Outlook on the web in Exchange Server 2019, issues with Exchange's PowerShell command lists taking longer than expected to run in Exchange Server 2019, uh, an issue where you can't move or delete folders in Outlook online mode if the destination has a folder with the same name in Exchange Server 2019, plus more. I'll provide a link with a full list of what has been fixed with this episode, which is episode 104 on 5 under reference links, or you'll find a link to it in the description field for this episode on the podcast platform you're playing the episode on. TechRadar published a report on a set of security vulnerabilities in Chrome related to its use of SQLite in the browser. At best, any of the vulnerabilities could have resulted in the Chrome browser crashing. So, eh, crashing browser, bit of a nuisance, not that terrible. But at worst, the researchers claimed the vulnerabilities could have allowed an attacker to set up a SQL operation to hijack some part of the browser functions through remote code execution which is pretty bad. So if you're a Chrome user, time to update your browser if you haven't already. WindowsReport.com has reported that many Windows 10 version 1909 users have been complaining about issues with File Explorer. It stated every time a user tries to use the search bar, it, it just freezes entirely. 
Additionally, users cannot right-click the search box, which is necessary when trying to use copy and paste with the clipboard between the search box. It stated that this should be resolved in a Windows update coming in January. MSIX Core version 1.0 is now available. This is pretty cool. I was surprised when watching the build video replay that was over a year ago when the developers reacted the most to the announcement that Microsoft will enable inst installing MSIX applications on older operating systems like Windows 7. I guess that's an important feature for them. Well, MSIX Core is what will enable this. You can download that today. Base Image Script Framework, or BISF, as it's more commonly known, I think, uh, version 1912, which was codenamed Bugs Bunny, cool codename, uh, will become generally available on Monday the 30th of December this year. Windows Virtual Desktop Service Endpoints are now complete in India, Australia, Asia Pacific, and Brazil. If you try it out today, Scott Manchester is asking that you use the Microsoft Experience Estimator to test the reduced latencies. Last year around Christmas time on the podcast, I shared videos of two NVIDIA employees' crazy home Christmas lights displays with, I think one of them was tuned to Baby Shark and was moving in sequence. It was pretty cool stuff. While sticking with something a little festive and tech-related this year, Droplet Computing shared a screenshot of them using their container product to play Elf Bowling that was available for Windows 98, and they had it running on a Windows 10 desktop. You can check out that screenshot, again, by going to reference links on 5bytespodcast.com for episode 104. On a couple of previous episodes of the podcast, I covered the optimizations for Microsoft Teams in Citrix virtual apps and desktops. Well, this week, Michael Wenger on Twitter reminded everyone, don't forget to allow hdxteams.exe on your Windows firewall of your endpoint devices. Otherwise, your users will get an alert from the firewall when Teams redirection is being triggered for their Citrix session. And now the weekly webinar. Thanks to Peter from ThinScale for sharing a couple of recorded webinars that provide a quick look at the main aspects of the ThinScale management platform to help you see what it could look like in your own environment. But also, when you've got that down, there's a recent recording showing the ThinScale Windows Virtual Desktop Connector that I covered on a previous episode of the podcast. ThinScale's Thin Kiosk is a really unique and interesting product. They first caught my eye when they were talking about how you could just repurpose some of your old fat client machines and run their software to basically turn them into thin client devices. And also the fact that while the majority of thin client operating systems out there run on Linux, this is actually Windows-based. So there's a little bit less of a learning curve if you're already an administrator or an engineer working in a Windows environment. It also helped that they had some really cool, unique features, uh, like, I want to say it was called Magic Key. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. 
but they had some pretty cutting edge features that some of the other products um, in the tech world didn't have. And in 2020, if you have a webinar that you'd like me to mention, maybe it's one that you're taking part in and you're not a vendor, or even if you are a vendor and you want me to help promote that, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or via Rory at RoryMon.com. My main goal for the weekly webinar, it's not, I'm not using it as like an advertising vehicle or anything like that. It's just that I constantly get bombarded with emails about upcoming webinars. And I think the majority of us do, but we tend to ignore them. So I've actually been getting these emails about webinars and I'll pick through them and get one or two or whatever that might be interesting. That way, if you're like me and you ignore them, well, this is another avenue where you're just getting the more interesting ones filtered through. I think in 2020, I'd like to maybe have some content to feature that's not even really tech related, but could be of interest to people working in enterprise IT, like, I don't know, stress management, uh, mindfulness, or maybe even financial management, that sort of thing. And now, the final scripts, tricks, and tips of 2019. Sydney at VEUCaddict.com shared a guide for delivering AutoCAD or DWG TrueView with app volumes in your VDI. It's a very detailed blog post that includes some of the issues you may encounter when trying to do it for yourself and how to fix them. So if you're into your layering, it's definitely want to check out. And also this week, Patrick Koble shared a short but handy guide on how to easily grab VMware Horizon client logs. It could be useful for your own troubleshooting and also for providing those logs to VMware support if needed. Last year around this time, I did like a kind of a year in review. I might do that again next week. So it might be a little bit longer next week. Um, I'm thinking about possibly changing up the format, not in next week's episode, but probably the week after that. If you want to provide me any feedback or anything like that, by all means, shoot me over a tweet or an email to Rory at RoryMond.com with your recommendations. Well, thanks so much for all your support in 2019. Hope everyone has a safe and happy New Year celebration, and I'll catch you guys in 2020.